Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 542 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We've got tons and tons to talk about between the Phils, the Union, the Sixers never-ending offseason rumors, the Flyers get one back uh, over the Chicago Blackhawks, and uh, whatever else may come through in the Twitch comment sections, we will discuss because uh, we are live on Twitch every single Wednesday, twitch.tv slash PHI. But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on all the socials, at PHI on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash PHI. And like I mentioned, twitch.tv slash PHI as well. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you decide to consume your podcast from. Leave a five-star review. It does go a long way for helping this show continue to grow. Helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia and uh, allows us to do more cool stuff that we have a lot of plans uh, in the very near future to do. So go subscribe, be a friend, tell a friend, leave those five-star reviews because it does go a long way, as does subscribing to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week. You get every podcast on our network in full video form. You get shorts, clips, interviews, live streams, the whole nine yards, all on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. We are trying to get to 600 subscribers before the end of June. And obviously on that road to a thousand, uh, but we are currently at 514. So we need 86 more of you to subscribe to the YouTube channel in the next uh, 16 days. So let's make that happen. YouTube.com slash at underground sports, Philadelphia. And this podcast, as always presented by the city of Vineland and the city of Vineland municipal calendar features city organized city sponsored and city affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at VinelandCity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. A big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. What's going on, Matt? I'm living the dream. The Philadelphia Phillies finally get some wins out on the West Coast and uh, looked real good against the Diamondbacks. And I say wins, even though one of them was a loss because the curse of David Bell is over. As JT Real Muto hit for the cycle in the most Phillies game ever. Uh, and it's brought to you by 
our amazing merch partners at PHI Apparel Company, who provide unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of Philly and our podcast network. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd. We're working on some uh, some Nikki C All-Star merch. I'll, I'll put that out there. Do your do your civic duty and vote for our guy Nick Castellanos to get to the All Star game. Our listeners can use promo code Underground for ten percent off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co code Underground for ten percent off any and all merch orders. Uh, JT breaks the curse of David Bell, Matt, which I hadn't even realized. The team that David Bell hit for the cycle against no longer exists. Right. Uh, that is how long it has been. Um, that is, I I can remember that being brought up. Did we even bring that up maybe in the preseason? That I think we finally, did. Uh, fun, I think we said Trey would be the one to do it, but yeah. we said somebody would finally hit for the cycle, yeah. and so here is, we are. It's finally over. The long uh, inner city nightmare has passed, and we can finally stop listening about how we haven't had a cycle in so long. But yeah, that was a uh, a wild game to have done it in. It would have been nice to cap it off with a win, but. I think you've already had a pretty good series against the Diamondbacks, considering this is one of the best teams in the National League. It doesn't feel like it. It's kind of funny because I think these teams mirror each other a little bit, and mm-hmm. that they both have the same strengths and the same weaknesses, and that they are good hitting and offensive teams um, with average to above average pitching that can be pretty disastrous at times, which I think we have seen so far <laughs> through two games. Um, a lot of runs scored between these two, so it's been a, a, a fun series. Um, it just sucks that it's, you know, it's the late, late night show for us, but um, it has been fun, and it's come off the back of a pretty nice week for the Phillies, too. A good Dodgers series, uh, take care of business uh, last week, and you know, you're know you in a nice 8-2 and two bump, and you know, that's a good spot to find yourself in. So um, we are, we're in the good week and a half, Phillies. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see what the end of June brings us uh, as we roll into July when we're back to the, the bad week and a half. It's the June the boom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and oddly enough, you know, on the horizon after this Diamondbacks series, the Phillies have to play the hottest team in baseball, the Oakland Athletics. Who could have seen that coming? Um, <laughs> who could have seen that, of course, when the Phillies uh, are heading to Op- Oakland, the fans decide that they're going to reverse psychology protest by showing up to games and uh, demanding that the owner uh, sell the team. And then he reverse unoed them by saying he was just going to donate all the ticket revenue to charity. So I <laughs> I, I don't know where uh, where that protest heads from there, but uh, I mean I, I'm happy for the fans doing something I guess to uh, besides just ignoring the team I guess I I, I don't know I I think it won seven straight it is just obscene they they sweep the Brewers <laughs> so they beat the Rays beat the Rays best team in baseball They've taken two out of three earlier this year from the Braves makes no sense baseball baby well they only beat good teams so we should be it's true. <laughs> We're, we're average. We still have a negative run differential. So, um, but like you mentioned, you know, 15 to three bats came out. We'll probably get no hit tonight because that's typically what goes on with the Phillies when they have those big outbursts of runs. Um, and you know, even, even though you kind of collapsed in that first game, you still showed signs of the offense being able to produce. And that's kind of been an issue for this team where we've talked about it time and time again, this team is too talented on paper to not overcome some of these small minor uh, deficits they've that they've had in games where, you know, you go down 3 nothing to a team. You should fully expect this team to be able to dig themselves out of a 3 nothing hole with the bats that they have, and nine times out of ten they just fall flat on their face. So to see them 
still kind of battle back even after leading 5-1, goes to 5-5. Tori Lovello uh, goes out and argues because he had a full diaper uh, during that game, like out of nowhere, gets tossed. Um, and then, you know, you're two feet from the foul pole away from taking a, a 10-9 lead off the bat of the unsung hero, Cody Clemens, who was just a throw-in in the Gregory Soto trade. Um, you know, you, you can't be too disappointed with that because at least you're showing signs of, like, the offense as a whole, and it's not just one or two guys getting hot now. It's Everybody's kind of finding a groove now, which is a, a good sign for this team. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Trey Turner has definitely uh, turned it around in the last, like, week and a half as well. And I, I think that's been a, a positive sign. Um, yeah, I, I think, again, you know, this is just kind of what we've talked about all year with this team is that they have this ability to get hot like this. And we've seen this with Phillies teams in years past, too, where we see these good, like, two-week stretches. You know, we've seen the 11-12 game win streaks, and uh, but we, we've seen the lows. So I, I think, like I said, we, we've seen kind of everything there is to see from this Phillies team so far this year. I think another positive, though, you know, if we're, if we're taking, I think, more concrete stuff is Tywin Walker had another good outing. Um, I, I think he's, you know, we, we saw him against Detroit. We saw him against L.A. now. Um, you know, L.A., a, a tougher opponent than, than the Tigers, and thought he got himself out of some tough spots. That's a positive thing to see. You know, if, if you can get good consistency out of your fourth spot, that is going to be crucial to the Phillies playing, uh, you know, well, they're going to need to be playing at like a 600, 650 win pace, uh, you know, kind of uh, to, to, to make the playoffs this year, right? Because um, even though the NL East is not great, it's everyone's kind of just above average. Um, and so you, you're going to have to beat out a lot of teams. So you know, they're going to have to find some consistency in the second half of the season. And, uh, you know, you hope that Tywin Walker finding his footing is going to be a big part of that. Yeah, and I mean, apparently Kevin Long in the Phillies analytics department found something wrong in Trey Turner's swing uh, at the beginning of the month, like about a week ago, and they, they fixed it, apparently. Um, so that's also a positive sign, you know, him getting back on track. Tywin Walker looks to be back to what I think we expected him to kind of be when you signed him to the contract you signed him to, to be that number four starter for this team. Um but the Phillies do have to – they have to find somebody for this number five spot sooner rather than later. I forget who it was. I saw a stat because um, somebody was asking, what's the Phillies' record when they throw uh, the number five slash bullpen game? They're two and eight yeah. in those games. Well, I, I don't – so Covey's back. I, I don't understand that. Marte, I think, has at least given you – And Marte got sent down today. Yeah, some, he's given you something and, like, something to build toward Covey. I, I just – I'm not sure I see it. Andrew Painter is throwing again, yeah, which is that's nice. That's a great sign. Um, you know, again, hopefully maybe, like, after All-Star break you're getting him back maybe, and maybe, like, he, he becomes an option in August. That could be a nice sort of runway to get you to uh, the, the postseason potentially. I was listening to uh, to Matt Gelb talk too. Like, the Phillies are actually – almost completely done with uh like non-eastern time zone trips now for the rest of the season i think they only have like three or four more games um outside of the eastern time zone that like the kind of the harder part of their travel and you and this makes a lot of sense because you know you think about where this team has been already and they're on this west coast trip now but like they've, they've traveled a lot so far this year um and they've gotten a lot of those west coast trips out of the way i think again you know a lot of times you talk about strength of schedule, you know, and, and who has the, the easiest and, and hardest remaining schedule. I think travel can be an, a really underrepresented part in that discussion, too. Like, it is hard when you're on the road for, you know, 
six, seven days in a row and, you know, you have to adjust to the time zone difference. You know, I, I think that could be a, a real benefit to them as well. So, yeah, they're remaining like big time uh travel games outside of this road trip they're on so they're obviously going to go from arizona to oakland after this um but looking at the schedule here obviously they're going to go to uh to miami to play the marlins and everything but they uh they go to tampa in july for the july 4th series against the rays um but then after that the next big travel is in uh the middle of august for a two-game set against the blue jays in canada um JT Romito might be able to actually play in that one this year. Um, and then you go to your next big road trip is the beginning of September when they go to Milwaukee. And then after that, they go to San Diego. But then after that, it's like St. Louis is the next like outward distance, not up and down the East coast type of uh, yeah. travel for them. Yeah. Which again, you know, I think could be a benefit in that, you know, that Milwaukee series could be the, uh, the Corbin Burns <laughs> return game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Corbin Burns versus Zach Wheeler for the wild oh, card. Or Corbin Burns returning to face his former employer. Hey <laughs> I like that thought. No one's mentioned that. Um, that is a great point. No one has mentioned that he hates the Brewers and they, I, you know, I just think if that that's a team that if things go south, we're not going to pay up to get him, I'm sure. But um, someone is going to get Corbin Burns at this deadline. I'm going to be pissed about it. And it's probably going to be cheaper than it, it should be. Yeah, it's be, probably going to be the fucking Braves. <laughs> it's probably in like they need it. Like they need it. And he'll resign for 17 years and $2. So. <laughs> that is a good point. I mean, the Brewers are over When you just get swept by the A's, you got to maybe reevaluate. 34 and 34. <laughs> gonna reevaluate the season it's with the nl though i, I think it's it's hard to imagine them uh throwing it in but yeah something to consider i mean i'm full you know we we've dubbed white Sox watch and and looking after them i think we got to go to to the north side of things too if i'm dave dombrowski hello chicago cubs we made a deal last year to go get david robertson what do you want for marcus stroman and you owe us for the david robertson yes you, you owe us that um yeah, Stroman. Because apparently nice Stroman's representation went to the Cubs and was like, hey, we want to sign an extension. And they were like, no, nah, we're not ready to do that. He leads the National League in ERA. Yeah, it's, it's again, a lot of people are going to be circling uh, these th this starting pitching market at the trade deadline, so it's going to be hard. Uh, the Phillies are going to have to, I think, pick and choose their spots. We saw last year they were not willing to go as aggressive. You know, they kind of went the teeter below with Syndergaard. I don't know if they do that again this season. You know, that was also without having a World Series run mm -hmm. in, in your back pocket. You know, I, I think that maybe, I don't know, loosens the the leash a little bit. But who knows? I, I think for right now, you know, the, the Phillies are, are in a good moment. And, um, you know, we, we know that starting pitching is going to be the, the area to address. But the bullpen's been good. Castellanos are, are probably our lone all-star representative. Maybe maybe Kimbrel could be one. I, I'm not sure. I think if he has two more Solid starts like he's had lately. Wheeler might Wheeler, wake, Wheeler his way could probably in. get his way in. I think he's got like he's got name recognition too. I think in general, and especially with Topper being the the yeah. manager too, he'll probably find a way. And I think JT might squeeze his way in. Too. JT could as well. Yeah, there's but Castellanos feels like the yeah the one like I don't want to say lock, in. but like Bryce is also second in the NLDH uh, voting yeah. right now. So you gotta you gotta stuff those ballots. But yeah, I, I think. Uh, it feels kind of good right now. I think we're we're in one of those just those good moments that we get with the Phillies sometimes. And it feels even better because the fucking New York Mets are collapsing. 
I mean, just an unbelievable free fall. Uh, what are they? They're two and eight. One, one and nine, nine in their last ten. Thirty-one Jesus. and thirty-six overall. That is. We're not talking about them as a team that could potentially be selling off some of their starting pitching. Not that we're going to go after them, but it might yeah. uh, open up like the the floodgates more of what the starting pitching market could look like at the deadline because they're they're older guys. Like you look at you know teams like the Dodgers, teams like the Red Sox, Yankees, that entire AL East pretty much except Tampa Bay because we know how they operate, but. Those teams that are trying to kind of make a push and go all in, the Verlanders and the Scherzers are the kind of guys you go and make a trade for if you're going to push all your chips in and try to go for a World Series. And Verlander only signed a two-year deal. I think Scherzer's on an expiring, if I'm not mistaken, or he's got one more year after this. So, I mean, those could be two guys that also take attention away from some of these other starting pitchers we've been talking about once the deadline rolls around and you're looking at competing – with a few less teams because they're going to go after the the savvy veterans to add to their rotation, which would be pretty, pretty nice. I I don't know what like Scherzer's market looks like. I don't know what Verlander's market looks like because you know, we saw Verlander obviously do very well in the playoffs, but Scherzer the last few playoffs has noticeably by that point in the season really taken a dip. Um, and that's just something that happens to you as you get older, right? It's just, it's harder to, to put that kind of effort in for so long. So, I, I am curious to see, you know, if the Mets continue to decline like they are. Um, yeah, maybe getting away from some of that money. You know, Steve Cohen's talked a big game about uh, about paying whatever whatever it takes. But I think sometimes the reality of maybe saving yourself like ninety million dollars on your forty eight year old pitchers, <laughs> um, maybe you know you uh, you just take the L on that one. But yeah, it's um, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice uh, not not having to listen to the trumpets all year and listen about how they're the best. Although I do prefer kind of the fall from grace rather than the, uh, the slow drowning that we're getting out of them. Yeah. It's beautiful to just watch them like wallow in self pity. Their fans are, are crumbling and are, are just sick and tired of the team. Um, I mean, the fact that that's happening too, while the Phillies are kind of finding their groove is also helpful. Just, standings wise because now you're you're hopefully going to start separating yourself a little bit more and you know you're hoping for the Marlins to kind of come back down to earth a little bit it hasn't happened yet but um the way things are looking right now and you know if the Phillies can hopefully take care of business you know tonight's going to be uh, a tough task in in Arizona because of who's on the mound for the Diamondbacks um I believe it is uh, Merrill Kelly, who's eight and three with a two nine two ERA this year, he's probably their second best pitcher uh, behind Zach Gallen. But Ranger Suarez is a big spot for him to, you know, kind of get a regular season statement win. And the Phillies have just struggled outside of last night; they hadn't won a game on the West Coast all year. So to finally get that off their backs was was huge. Um, and I don't know if you know Bryson Stott and Bryce Harper's. Uh, big games last night were any contribution because their golden knights won the stanley cup um but they uh yeah, all, all 20 golden knights fans were <laughs> super revved up for that one did you see the guy it, it is the complete antithesis of the 15 year old boston kid he was probably like mid 40s and he had a cardboard sign that says we've waited six years for this i was like you scumbag it's unbelievable i don't i just will never understand the vegas sports appeal just makes no sense. Say, and that, that is a warning to the athletics as well. 
just I don't I don't understand it. Don't get it. Um, but I mean the way the Phillies are playing right now too, like they just feel way more like relaxed and comfortable. And Matt, I don't know if it's because I don't know if you saw on uh on ninety seven five Nick Castellanos went on the radio. He needs to come on this podcast uh, and talk about this, but. Apparently, after wins, after they got that first win in D.C., I brought Dance on My Own back in the clubhouse. Sometimes you got to play the hits. Play the hits. you got to play the hits sometimes. Nobody, you know, listen, people like to hit on Taylor Swift, but I tell you this, when a Taylor Swift comes on, everyone seems to know the lyrics. That's, you know, like. It's true. Sometimes you got to play the pop music that got you there. You know, nothing wrong with it. The, uh, one of the funniest posts I saw, uh, when that got, like, put out to the public was, the, the typical meme of the guy just standing at the party while everybody's, like, all over each other. And it's, like, Trey Turner while the Phillies listen to Dancing on My Own in the clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. I think that was part of his appeal for coming here, so. He did love the postseason, so. Uh, Phillies looking to find their stride. Let's take a look at the MLB and, of course, the NLE's run differential. It's brought to you by our friends over at Wasted Wedge. Uh, and a new age of golf has arrived, everybody. And if you're looking to be the talk and envy of your group and create memories with your friends and family, look no further than the lineup of Wasted Wedge products and merchandise. Think your traditional shot ski, but throw that in the garbage because it's heavy. It's annoying to carry around. Broken glass galore. Wasted Wedge fixes all of that. It's a golf club. It's collapsible. Fits in the side pocket of a golf bag. They have extenders to make it as long as you want. You can make it as short as you want. Uh, and it's plastic cups, so you can use whatever beverage of choice you feel like using, and uh, you're all set to go. It's easy to clean, easy to bring around, and you will be the talk of your event with Wasted Wedge. They're a blast to drink shots out of on and off the course, and you guys can check them out at WastedWedge.com or find them at Wasted Wedge. Follow them. Make sure you comment. Let them know you're coming from Underground Sports Philadelphia as well. Uh, follow them at Wasted Wedge on Instagram and Facebook. Remember the name Wasted Wedge. Follow them on the socials and uh, go to WastedWedge.com to check out all of the products that they have to offer. Met the NL East run differential. Not much has changed. Uh, the Braves still at the top, sitting at 41-26. and 26. Uh, They've scored 349 runs so far this year. They're at a plus 71 run differential kind of evening things out too they've gotten a little bit better at home they're 20 and 15 at home 21 and 11 still on the road uh the miami marlins the stupidest team in baseball they're 37 and 31 uh right in that wild card race seven and three in their last 10 they've scored the fewest amount of runs in the division given up 303 runs for a negative 33 run differential their expected win loss uh because of that is 30 and 38 so they are still wildly overachieving um, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if the, the old statue that they put in down at their stadium has some sort of like chakra coming out of it because they are 21 and 13 at home and 16 and 18 on the road. Uh, so the Marlins, they just enjoy playing at home. You got to catch them on the road. Phillies sitting in third place at 33 and 34, looking to get back to 500 tonight, eight and two in their last 10. They've scored 299 runs, 321 runs surrendered for a negative 22 run differential, which is the second best run differential in the division. Uh, followed by the Lull New York Mets. They're 31 and 36, 1 and 9 in their last 10. They have a negative 24 run differential. And the stolen franchise, Washington Nationals, sitting at 26 and 39. They have a negative 50 run differential. 
And then uh, looking around Major League Baseball, the entire NL Central now has a negative run differential because that division's just stupid. Uh, and everybody in the NL West has a positive run differential except for the Colorado Rockies, who have the worst run differential in the National League at negative 67. Diamondbacks in first place in the NL West here on June 14th. So everyone saw it coming. Everyone knew by Flag Day that they would be <laughs> top of top of the division. We all saw that. Who would have saw that every team, pretty much, that was in the National League playoffs last year too, is below 500? Baseball outside is, of the Dodgers. Baseball is, she's quite the devil. <laughs> and people were worried that we had figured out baseball. <laughs> Idiots. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays with a plus 138 run differential leading the way in the AL East. Every team except the Red Sox has a positive run differential in the AL East. The Minnesota Twins are 35 and 33, but have a plus 44 run differential. And I saw a post today, too. We we give the A's a lot of, of grief because of how poorly they had played up until these last seven games. They're no longer, record-wise, the worst team in baseball. We are not talking about how abysmal the kansas city royals are yeah they've uh they've been just as bad as the athletics i think because they don't have like the ownership situation mm-hmm. that oakland does i think they they kind of i don't want to say get a pass but i think they're you know it's relevant nobody talks about the bad teams as it is but you know if it's a bad team with a bad ownership situation and the fans are protesting or not showing up to games or now showing up to games that's obviously gonna i think get picked up by people i, I think the royals are this is the natural state of the Royals for most of my life. Um, has been a pretty bad team. So, you know, out, outside of a few years, every like eight or nine, it feels like. Uh, they're not quite Met Cicada level, but they're whatever like the lower tier of a Cicada is or the, the less ingestion period <laughs> of a Cicada. They are 18 and 49 and have a negative 104 run differential this year. That's, that's tough. It's tough to win with that. Say that. Difficult. Um, the Texas Rangers still have the best run differential in all of baseball at plus 142, but uh, Jacob DeGrom done for the year. Tough to see. Tough, tough, tough. Some things, you know, some things never change. Uh, but the Oakland A's now 19 and 50. They've won seven straight, but they still have a negative 192 run differential. Yeah, I don't think anyone's uh, – maybe, maybe someone comes to the ground. I don't know, but – going to be a tough one they have given up the most runs in all of baseball 443 <laughs> Just, i pray i i pray i pray for our series against them we're absolutely losing two out of three to this team <laughs> and the uh i think the other thing with the royals too is like they at least have like a couple of like big names still on the team like salvador perez still on the team and then they have guys like bobby witt and brady singer who are giving royals fans like hope like when you think of the Oakland A's, they don't really have anybody on that roster that like gives them a glimmer of like, oh, this guy's part of the future. Like, they ha- they, they don't, have no future. They, they don't do that. They don't re-sign those guys. Those guys get traded or they walk. Like it's tough. Yeah. Thanks, Matt Olson. Um, but that is your uh, your run differential rundown brought to you by our friends over at Wasted Wedge. Uh, Matt, it seems like the the Sixers uh, offseason rumors just continue to uh, haunt us in our dreams as uh, it was reported <laughs> for about 30 seconds uh, that Bradley Beal could potentially be traded, and then John Clark was like, nah, guys, he's not coming to the Sixers. Thank Christ. <laughs> um, listen, 
I, I don't know what people have in their mind about Bradley Beal. He's not the guy that you think he is. And if you think Tobias Harris's contract is bad, Bradley Beal is least, so much worse. You, we are one year away from getting out of Tobias Harris's contract. Why would you sign up for four years of an even worse contract? With it is it is no, <laughs> I I will I will not watch a single moment of the Sixers if if we trade for Bradley Beal. But I am curious to see kind of what we do between now and draft night, which is next Thursday. Um, you know it. Sixers obviously don't have uh, much in the way of picks. I wonder if we buy our way into the second round, if there, there's guys we like, uh, you know, it, that's kind of hanging around um, that we can get on the cheap because this team is, is definitely going to be looking to do things on the fringes, I think, this summer. And, you know, again, we've seen Daryl Morey uh, make some trades on draft night. Tobias Harris is not completely safe as a Sixer. I, I think it's, you know, if they, if they can find a trade, if they can explore something, we'll see. And, um, I think what we do draft night too might even maybe give us clarity on what happens with Harden. Who knows? Like, um, it, it feels like uh, you know we're only a few weeks away from July as well, where we get some finality to, to what this roster is going to look like in uh, in the upcoming season. But yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see what ha- happens now between then. I, I just cannot imagine Bradley Beal on this team. Um, and I think Windhorst even said that he's going to be a lot cheaper than people expect, yeah. and it's because it's a bad contract and he's he's really just not the player that people seem to no. think that he is um to also has like injury issues like no it's it's just it's an and it's the no same player. like soft tissue type of stuff that you deal with with Harden. he like, is a worse player than Harden on yeah. a way worse contract he's on he might have the worst contract in the league and it's, it's just we already have tobias harris who's in the top 10 worst contract like you're no <laughs> you're not trading out Bradley Beal is one of the only contracts I think is worse than Tobias Harris. Yeah. Is that like it, and it's just I, I don't I don't understand people um, pining for Bradley Beal. Don't need it. Don't want it. Um, Sham said that the uh, the two teams that are linked to Bradley Beal right now are the Heat and the Bucks, which Bradley Beal just feels like a Miami Heat player. Absolutely. Uh, Tyler Hero, you are a Washington Wizard. Tyler Hero and Kyle Kuzma on the same team. Well, Kuzma's a free agent. We'll see where he uh, see where he ends up. Hey, he I would the- love Kuzma here, but I, I don't know how we uh, would have to be some kind of sign and trade situation. But he was uh, campaigning for Embiid all year long, and he did call him Din Shitty, so <laughs> he is welcome here anytime. Anytime. Um, I I would like Kyle Kuzma on this team. I I would too. I think Kyle Kuzma's a good player. <laughs> they could be a fine. I feel like he was player. uh, he was like miscast in the the light of fans and everything while he was in LA. Absolutely. You know, he's a uh, listen, he's I think a guy that can be a little much on social media, but I think in terms of like basketball play, he's a he's a good player to have on the team. That's it. And I mean, if Kyle Kuzma wants to just, you know, come talk shit and shoot the shit with the boys on the pod here and let us know what he's up to, come through. Uh Sixers also uh have a new member of their coaching staff, uh, Nick Nurse, added uh, Rico Hines this week. Matt, your initial thoughts on? Um, I will I will quote Trill Bro Dude when I say I can't wait to see how Meek Mill incorporates him into a, a song. Uh, <laughs> he's got some, some good name play there. Uh, he was a, a player development coach in Toronto. Yeah. And so, you know, he and worked his way up the ladder. I like the sounds of that. You know, this team is obviously has 
it's so strange because the Sixers are sort of in in two phases where they have obviously like someone like Embiid and that is a win now type of player. He's one of the, the top players. He just came off an MVP year, but you also have someone like Maxi right and potentially someone that you get in the second round of this draft. You got B-Ball Paul, of course, uh, that, that you could develop. You have guys that are sort of on the fringes here, even someone like Jaden Springer that you know, could be something for you. And just if you can even find a guy just for the regular season rotation, um, that would be helpful. So uh, I, I think the assistants could, you know, could, could fill a role there. Um, that hasn't been like something that we've done all that well over the years. It's, it's sort of been hit or miss. I would say we're kind of league average in terms of uh, player development. I don't know that we really developed Maxi so much as that kind of just got a little lucky. He fell to us. And I think in a, a regular season that hadn't been shortened by COVID, Maxi probably is not. Uh, following that late in the draft but um, yeah I, I think uh, it's it's a fine signing and then uh, they also hired uh, Bobby Jackson as well uh, to join the coaching staff after Sam Cassell going to Boston Dan Burke is going to Detroit nothing uh, out there about Dave Yorger uh, returning or leaving but uh, Rico Hines and Bobby Jackson uh, members of Nick Nurse's coaching staff Bobby Jackson had a 12-year NBA career and won the 2003 Sixth Man of the Year uh, award on the Sacramento Kings that included the likes of Mike Bibby, Chris Webber, and Peja Stoyakovich. Um, and he joined the Kings coaching staff in 2011 and had a stint with the Minnesota Timberwolves as well. As well. Um, and then, yeah, so those are the two uh, confirmed members of Nick Nurse's coaching staff so far. So we'll see how that continues to play out. The Harden saga just continues to play out because uh, <laughs> Doc Rivers went on the Bill Simmons podcast. I mean, just the most self-serving <laughs> buffet line I've ever heard in my life. I I, I just um, I, I read the aggregators because um, I'm not I'm not sitting through that. I'm not hundred percent. Bill Simmons pretend like he's the only person that knows Nikola Jokic is a good player. Um, Listen, it is typical Doc Rivers shit. I, I, I think pay it no mind. He loves to pretend like it is everyone else's fault. Accountability starts with a head coach at times. I'm sorry, it just mm-hmm. does. Sure, the players did not um, come through in a very meaningful way this playoff run, but that doesn't... I, I would have loved for Bill Simmons, and I don't know if he, they, they went into this, asking about uh, the 21 Hawks series. What, yep. what the fuck he was thinking there with his bench lineups that were not working at any point. It's just... Listen, this is what Doc Rivers does. This is what Clippers fans were happy to see, you know, the the backside of him. No one in NBA history has coached more Hall of Fame players than Doc Rivers, and he has one championship to count for it, and it was 15 years ago. And it was on the backs of the, like, super team that started super teams. (laughs) Right. Like, I I just don't want to hear it. This guy has had talent on talent. He's never has never been in a bad situation. Every team he has gone to has had, if not MVP caliber players, all-star level, all-star level players, all NBA level players. Like this dude has constantly had good rosters and they have constantly underachieved and failed. I, I just don't think that's a coincidence. I think he's a bad attitude. I, and I just, listen, I, I really didn't have any ill will about him leaving, whatever. I, I, I didn't think everything he had to say was necessarily wrong. I think Embiid could improve in some ways mm-hmm. and he could make his teammates better. Sure. Um, I, I think some things he said about Harden might be true, but overall, it just comes across as sour grapes, and it's like this guy for real. Like, and this is not the first time he's done this, and he just I think has this complex about himself where, of course, nothing he did wrong. it was could possibly have been wrong. Um, it was it was just the players wrong, and I, I just I don't think it's I don't think it's classy either. Like, 
you know, to, to just be doing an interview and, and, and just kind of, not that he was like spreading dirty laundry, but just to kind of be talking so openly about like what is still a very fluid situation with the Sixers too, where like guys are still not fully resigned. I, I don't know. I just, I, it, it leaves a little bad taste in your mouth, but I expect nothing less from, uh, from Doc Rivers. Yeah. And there was, um, I'm not exactly sure. Here it is. Uh, this comes from the homies over at Philly Sports Network. Uh, Zach Chiavella wrote this article for them. Um, there's an excerpt from it that somebody tweeted. Pretty interesting. It says, according to a source close to the situation, Harden met with both Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers shortly after Game 7. During this interaction, Harden vehemently expressed his disapproval of Rivers as the team's head coach moving forward. He was so passionate about Rivers being dismissed that he made it clear that a future with both of them in Philadelphia was simply not possible. It should be noted that Joel Embiid was not present for this interaction. I just, I, I'm just, I'm glad, I'm glad we're past the Doc Rivers era. That's all, that's all I'll say. Uh, and the Denver Nuggets, they, uh, they capture the NBA Finals in, like, the most, like, the the TV ratings say otherwise, but I feel like this Finals was just so, like, underhyped in terms of just, like, getting it out there. And, like, this past, like, leading into Game 5, the, the fact that the Game 5 wasn't on a weekend was kind of strange, but yeah. uh, Nikola Jokic, pretty bummed that he has to go to a parade. Yeah, I think he, um, <laughs> he, he just wants to get quickly back to Serbia to his horses. I don't, you know I, I'm, I'm happy for them, happy for Jokic. Uh, he had a great finals, a great playoffs. Like, you know, he uh, he showed up for his team when it mattered. And listen, Embiid, Jokic, Gian, Giannis have all had really great, like, last three, four seasons. Um, Embiid is the only one in that group that has not put it together in the playoffs. And that, that sucks. That sucks for me as a fan of him and a fan of the team that he plays for. I want him to have that same playoff success, so... I don't know. Hopefully this is like the, the kick that he needs to maybe come back next year and, and really dominate in the playoffs. Maybe he's finally won that regular season MVP and you know, that that'll, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I just, I hope that we get a Jokic like, you know, sort of uh, performance in the playoffs from Embiid because you cannot say Jokic was not dominant, that he was not the center of everything for the Nuggets. Um, yes, there's a good team built around him, but uh, it all works because of him and his skill set. So, yeah, I and I honestly, I'd much rather have Denver won it than Miami. I, I could not have listened uh, to the, the the Jimmy Buckets uh, roadshow for any longer. I'm glad it quieted down a little bit too, because it's like, I mean, come on. Did you hear him say that he wouldn't even go to the Hall of Fame? Yeah, uh, he wouldn't like, go to. Shut his... up! Oh my God, you're leaning way too hard into the bit, Jimmy. Way too hard in the bit. We yeah. get it. He must have just had the hundred dollar cup of coffee and before just, that interview. He just has that dog in him. Instead of going to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, I'm I'm just gonna grind, grind my beans. I'm gonna have a dinner with Jay Z instead. <laughs> oh man, that's a good. Is Jimmy Butler taking the dinner with Jay Z or? Hundred. Oh, he's, he's the poster child for taking the dinner with Jay Z. Sound off in the YouTube comments. Maybe section. he isn't, but like people would be like, oh, oh Jimmy, yeah. But you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a certain type of person that would be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take. People would take the dinner with Jimmy Butler over Jay Z. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure they would. <laughs> I'm sure they would. A uh, couple Philadelphia connections, though, with the uh, the Nuggets winning. Uh, Colin Gillespie, obviously from Villanova, gets a ring. And uh, the process worked, Matt. Ish Smith, finally an NBA champion. Yeah. Uh, congrats. <laughs> I mean, imagine imagine saying Ish Smith was going to be the uh, 
The one to follow, Andre Iguodala. God bless him. Good for him. Good for him. Um, this this was very funny to me. Um, I meant to bring this up when we were talking about the Phillies. Uh, they were talking to Garrett Stubbs. I'm not sure. Uh, so this is from Todd Zalecki. They were talking to Garrett Stubbs. It was about the dancing on my own stuff. Um, Garrett Stubbs said, hey, man, when the vibes are high, good things can happen. So why did they decide to play the song on June 3rd, which just so happened to kickstart the winning streak? Because we were sucking, said Stubbs, who is the team's DJ and whose postgame playlist is on Spotify. We started saying it was a second place song, but then we started sucking. We were like, second place is a whole lot better than what the heck we've been doing. We might as well bring it back. Uh, and then I, I just got to call it out because it's very funny. Sam Alberti, who uh, does a great job, you know, doing digital for uh you know government digital and stuff like that he quote tweeted the tweet from absolute hammer and said the eagles beating the patriots in the super bowl annoys me less than the fact that the phillies casually ripped off the dancing on my own bit from the 2021 red Sox." what (laughs) to which i had to quote tweet it with the always sunny crying because what are we talking about i'm sorry did the 2021 red Sox go to the world series nope all right who cares like what is that really i don't know do you really need to like wiki uh wiki edit and and cite your example there did you really need to do that are you proud because you know who uh who brought that song here and then it turned into a winning song kyle schwarber right you're welcome um the uh we'll we'll take it from the the nba to uh the MLS, as uh, we talk about some Philadelphia Union shenanigans. It's brought to you by our friends over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game, from sunglasses to blue light glasses, prescription lenses as well. Tomahawk Shades has you covered. It's owned by four former athletes, Chris Hogan, Kyle Harrison, John Jay, and uh, Daniel Descalso, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So go to TomahawkShades.com. Get your sunglasses. Summertime is here. Get your blue light glasses to protect your eyes when you're watching your favorite Philly sports teams on your TV screens, on your tablets, your computers, whatever it may be, and uh, fill up your carts. And when you go to check out, use promo code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. That's TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off your order. Matt, unfortunately, the Union dropped their uh, their game out west to San Jose 2-1 just by the the tip of the fingers of San Jose's goalkeeper in the 90th minute to uh, prevent a, an equalizer uh, on Saturday and uh, Union fall for the first time in forever. Uh, they are off this week, but they're back at it on Wednesday, June 21st down in Orlando, but still sitting firmly. Uh, towards the top of the table, tied with New England for third, uh, but they are ahead of them based on goal differential. So, still sitting pretty, and you're only two points behind Nashville. Yeah, this was their their first loss um, in general since early May against LAFC, and their their first loss in uh, in the league play um, uh, since April eighth. So, you know, they, they had gone on a, a nice little run here over the last two months of. Uh, picking up wins especially in the league and you've seen that reflected like you said in the uh, the table um you know it, it was you know they were on a, a little west coast trip um you know our philadelphia teams love to 
love to disappoint us when they change time zones at times. Uh, so at least they're they're keeping that consistent. But yeah, it's uh, you know almost uh, McGlynn with that would have been an absolute banger to uh, to at least save a point. But can't win five games in a row. But I, I remember us talking about you know what uh, what a nice stretch you know that this would look like if we could get you know you know uh, four wins, a draw, and a loss, or three wins, two draws, you know and um, so far, you know, it's shaped up pretty well, uh, you know, mostly wins out of this, this little stretch here as we, you know, get into uh, late June and July. And this is again, where this, this team really picked it up last year. Um, so it's, it's a disappointing result, but I think in general, you, you still have to like the way this team has trended over the last few weeks. And I'm looking forward to seeing the response, um, you know, as they return home as well. Yeah. So they get Orlando city on Wednesday, uh, the 21st before coming home to, uh, play the messy less, Inter Miami, worst worst team in the league. Um, fire their manager. We'll see. I God bless him. And then to uh, look ahead into July, this is the uh, union schedule for the month of July. They've got Atlanta, LA Galaxy. Uh, they've got Nashville, all in a, a straight run there. And then they're home to uh, take on New York City, Dallas, and then. Uh, Actually, July 15th, the game against New York City is the last game of July before, uh, is that the All-Star break? Uh, yeah. Going into August. So then after July 15th, their next game will be August 20th uh, against Dallas, and then they will uh, wrap up August against D.C. United and Toronto. Yeah, it's... um. You know, it's it feels strange, but you know, you're sort of you're reaching like the halfway point of the season because um, it feels like it, it just started. But you know, because there's so many other like sports going on, it it just gets hard to kind of manage it all. But yeah, you know, you're you're already kind of approaching the the halfway point, and um, I think again, you know, I don't know what kind of grade you, you give this first half of the season. I think I would give it like a, a B minus. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's disappointing to be out of the cups. Um, you know, disappointing to maybe not be higher in the table or at least a, a better overall record. But I think in general, still been pretty good and still plenty to play for and fight for. So um, that is that is the positive for sure. Yeah, so we'll see what uh, keeps racking up for the Union uh, as we push forward uh, throughout the summer uh, down there at Chester and at Subaru Park. But still positive vibes for the Union as uh, they head into uh, this next stretch run here. But Matt, you know, we talked about the Nuggets winning their championship. Uh, before we keep it pushing, it's brought to you by our friends at Kenwood Beer, the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's a refreshing light beer, just 4.1% ABV, 127 calories, just 10 grams of carbs. Go to KenwoodBeer.com, use the Kenny Tracker to see us Kenwood on tap in the Philadelphia area. Buy Kenwood at your local Philadelphia area liquor store or in eastern Pennsylvania, your local Whole Foods. Light body, light calories, plenty of flavor, the best light beer on the planet. You must be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. Florida wants to be Philadelphia so bad. Everyone on the, I can't believe we lost two championships in 24. Try losing two championships in a day. Yeah, I I don't want to hear about it. Um, I don't feel bad for you. Not even a little bit, so. I was just like, be for real. Like, get a grip. You you, you were lucky to even be there. You had also, two eight seeds. You also love to pretend like you care about sports. Right. So, the most, one of the most fair weather sports cities in all of uh, North American sports is Miami. And 
Matthew people t- Miami is the fans that people think LA fans are. Yes. In that they will just leave. I you know, obviously one of the most iconic moments in NBA history. Um, like a, a fifth of the stadium had already left for the Ray Allen shot. Uh, just not they're not good people. <laughs> not, no, it's just listen. When you're a town like Miami, you don't have to care about sports. You have so much cooler things to do. <laughs> Beautiful weather all year round. It's fine. Staying up until 5 a.m. at 11, yeah. clubbing. You'll be fine. Um, But there is one player uh, that plays for one of those teams that I think cares way more about uh, their team, their sport, than any of the fans do. You see Matthew Chuck played with a broken sternum in Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Finals. That is... Uh... That is just hockey guy stuff right there. That's the most ridiculous injury, including hockey, that I can remember in recent history of guys playing injured through a championship and everything. He didn't play in Game 5 um, because of an undisclosed injury, and then it comes out that he had a broken sternum. That is, again, that is such hockey guy stuff. Where, and it's always like upper body injury. Out. Always. It's like-, <laughs> it's like, why can we not get a more precise diagnosis here to give to the people it's like i think it's i think they're in their cba they don't have to display you know like in football they have to say that foot injury whatever but um I, th- I think with hockey cba they only have to disclose just like generally what part of the body that's why you hear lower body or upper body injury and that's it that's it. it's crazy <laughs> oh man um last bit of just very funny stuff did you see the miles sanders quote uh that came out this week he was talking about um just his lack of touches in the Super Bowl. I did not, but uh, enjoy Carolina. <laughs> I'll pull this quote up for you because it is very funny. Um, being that the Eagles were trying to give him the ball, he failed to uh, he failed to convert a, a very convertible third down. And uh, here we go, Miles Sanders played twenty six offensive snaps uh, in the Super Bowl, had sixteen rushing yards on seven attempts after scoring two touchdowns in the NFC championship game. Uh, he said he felt like he could have done more in the 38, 35 loss against the Kansas city chiefs um, where Kenneth Gainwell took seven carries for the Eagles had four receptions and 20 yards. Jalen hurts had 15 carries. And uh, he basically said last game of the season for all the marbles, everybody can answer that question. Uh, if they put themselves in my shoes, would they be happy? I don't want to make headlines, but if it does, I don't care. And he said here, too, that it wasn't the reason that he left Philly. He said, I can get into that another day, maybe. Uh, maybe you should ask them why I'm moving here. Uh, maybe because they weren't going to pay you what the Carolina Panthers paid you. Yeah, I, which is fine. I, Plain you know, and simple. I just, you know, This is not a team I'd ever expect to be handing out big second uh, contracts to running backs. Not, <laughs> not the type of team to be doing that. So. And it's like. But you had so many opportunities in the Super Bowl early in that game to establish yourself, and you missed the mark. So, love you. Thanks for all your your commitment here over your your years in Philadelphia. Enjoy Carolina, um, but you know the Eagles will be fine. They uh, they easily upgraded their running back room this off season with everything that they did, and. Uh, not mad about it. Also, did you see the leaked Kelly Green jerseys that everyone is 
disgusted about online because they're the 90s Kelly Green. Does this not happen every offseason where someone mocks up a Kelly Green thing and everyone takes it as the real thing and then come regular season there is no Kelly Green jersey? Well, this year they are bringing the Kelly Greens back. Okay, like, I'm sure, but this is probably this is probably someone's just like a random Photoshop of it. Um, and listen, these people act like they are not going to buy it anyway. Right. They were pictures from like a store. I think that's nice. It looks perfectly I think, fine. I think it looks good. Everyone online was like, I can't believe they're doing it like this. It's the 90s Kelly Green. Blah. It's like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> You'll be all right, I promise. You can buy it. Uh, the, the exact one you want off of uh, any, like, Chinese website you, you want. <laughs> you can, exactly. You can buy 20 of them. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, I, I personally think that looks better than anything anybody's mocked up, and you guys know how I feel about the Kelly Greens. I feel like they're widely overhyped simply because it's just nostalgia of losing. Um, but we'll see what happens there. It's It's good to... It's good that there's a lot more to talk about, you know, with the Phillies still, you know, being in the mix. There's drama with the Sixers. And then uh, last bit here, too, that I just totally forgot to talk about, the uh, the Flyers hired another former player, Matt Patrick Sharp. Awesome. Just keep the <laughs> alumni carousel running, I guess. I, I don't know. Hired as, a, I think, player development specialist. Cool. Let's see what this, let's see what this does. It's like we a child see. getting into a car and like just seeing, <laughs> just seeing what they can do. What kind of damage can you do? <laughs> Always wondered what this button does. Let me see. <laughs> Whatever. We'll see. Looking forward to it. Maybe they'll drive into a tree. Who knows? Maybe be one of those kids that's like ends up uh, driving for like twenty miles for for someone notices. Who knows? We shall see. Uh... Post in the YouTube comment section who the next NHL alumni is going to be that the Flyers hire for their front office. Uh, man, I've Keith Sim- Primu. <laughs> yeah, Keith Primu's uh, one of my favorite Flyers ever. Actually, uh, Simone Gagne. What's he doing? Oh yeah, we also forgot to mention Stanley Cup champion Nolan Patrick. <laughs> hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Chris Pronger will probably get hired. Yep. Could see that for sure. So, uh, what else? Who else we got? Who else can we call up? Mike Richards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's the guy you want hanging around. He'd be a a boost of energy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jeff Carter. Again, no shot. <laughs> no shot. We really need Donald Brashear. That's what we need. We need just someone to. <laughs> That's what we need. I mean, Bernie Perron will probably show up again at some point. Uh, As he does. So. (laughs) Sound off in the YouTube comment section. uh, The next NHL alumni that will be uh, in the Flyers front office going into next season. But that's all we got for you guys. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast feed on Apple and Spotify. Leave a five-star review. Wherever you get your podcast, it does go a long way for helping more people find the show, helps more people find Underground Sports Philadelphia, and helps us keep growing this thing to the next level. Uh, be sure to follow us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI, uh, Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter 
at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, like I mentioned, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week and every podcast on our network. Uh, you also get clips, live streams, shorts, original video content, all goes on our YouTube channel. Trying to get to 600 subscribers before the end of June. We are currently at 514. So go subscribe, be a friend, tell a friend, and uh, let us know what you want us to talk about as the uh, the dog days of summer roll around. We want to hear from you guys as well in the YouTube comment section. And, of course, this podcast presented by the City of Vineland. And uh, whether you are a company looking to expand, relocate, or are a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. Their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you are considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. But this has been episode number 542 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Until next time, where I'll be coming to you live from Columbus, Ohio, uh, for the next couple of episodes. But still, the show goes on. But until then, we're getting the heck up out of here, and we are signing off. Peace. I'm a